Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Steve Lewis, Matt McCarthy, and somebody named Barry Herbert talking November Test Rugby from the Pig & Whistle. Brought to you in part by the Balanced Palette. AFIA Sports Training, committed to developing the sporting potential of future players in the U.S., U.K., and across the world. And the Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. Hey everybody, welcome to Rugby Wrap-Up at our satellite studio, the Pig & Whistle, New York City's and the world's best rugby pub. Matt McCarthy with Mr. Stephen Lewis, the Lizard, and Mr. Barry Herbert. Bazar. Who is now living in Denver and is a rugby fanatic like us. Gentlemen, welcome. Good morning. A big weekend, Barry. Yeah, huge weekend. Uh, two two ma uh, massive games of rugby and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if there was a better place to be in the world than the Aviva Stadium on Saturday. Um, yeah, just, just, just incredible test match there. Stephen, geographically speaking, you grew up closest to Ireland out of the three of us. What's it like over there, do you think? You think they're happy? I think they're very happy. <laughs> um, it's kind of a wide question. What's it like in Ireland? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great occasion. As you, as you correctly mentioned, Ireland have beaten the All Blacks twice now in the last two years, but um, that's the first time on native soil. So that's a great, um, it's a great uh, you know, achievement for any, any country. So they're, they're flying high right now. And that's obviously one of the big stories is um, who's the best team in the world as we go into this final year before we go to the World Cup. So Ireland have knocked off New Zealand again. Um, they're quite close in the rankings, um, even though to a certain extent it's an artificial sort of bunch of artificial criteria. But great times for Irish rugby, no question about it. Province is going well, and that is a significant victory over the most successful professional sports team on the planet. Indeed. Barry, I know that you were sticking needles in effigies of Steve Hansen, of Kieran Reid, Bowden Barrett, but how thrilled are you as a Springboks fan to see the All Blacks lose? Well, at the risk of sounding anti-All Black and anti-New Zealand, I, I am actually very happy about it, um, but mostly for the Irish. <laughs> um, I, I just, you know, New Zealand have had a, an extremely long run now, and it's, I think what's most pleasing now is that they've lost twice this year, once at home to the Springboks and now away um, to Ireland. And I think everybody is in agreement that uh, the gap is now narrowing. I think if we go back two years, uh, there was a big gap between the, the All Blacks and the rest, and that uh, appears to be gone now. Well, you know, I, I was reading the statistic on Twitter, I, I, and I'll, we'll show the actual Twitter feed, about how these, the Northern Hemisphere teams have 20 to 30% more tackles than the Southern Hemisphere teams, and then as a result, that's why the All Blacks didn't tackle so much. And, 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 you know, I'm looking at one try scored in a hostile environment on the road and all of a sudden the All Blacks can't tackle. No, I wouldn't agree with that. They did a hell of a lot of tackling on, on Saturday. Uh, they were under immense pressure, Matt, and uh, I didn't see the tackle uh, count, uh, the stats on the tackle count at all. Uh, but the All Blacks defended admirably for a long time, but uh, really it was an incredible performance from Ireland. They were so physical and so direct with the All Blacks and tactically very, very astute. So, um, no, I thought it was a well-deserved victory and they, they were right on top there. So, uh, well-deserved win for, for Ireland over the All Blacks. And, you know, they did it without Connor Murray, Steve, who's up in the stands watching with a pint in his hand. 
Yeah, not a one-trick pony. Right. I mean, they got you know multiple professional scrum halves. Uh, he's a key player, but that that's they, they now have depth in their squad. You know, all over the shop. They're ranked number two. They just be knocked off number one team. So you, you can't do that without depth. There was another match, Scotland versus South Africa. And Steve, I know that you have a major beef to begin with. Yeah. Okay. To just to uh, follow up on Barry's point. So if you look at the World Cup next year, you look at the groups. Um, you have New Zealand, South Africa in one group, you have Scotland and I in the other group, and they will play each other. So if you are first in New Zealand's group, you're going to play whoever loses Scotland Ireland, and vice versa. So that's going to be interesting. There's four teams that are, are out, two of them are out by the quarterfinals. Um, to this last weekend's game, Murrayfield, fantastic game, 26-20, great first half, four cracking tries, two from each team. Um, really good game of rugby. Um, Went down to the wire. South Africa, to my mind, just edged it on the turnover battle, edged it at the breakdown. Uh, got a few key turnovers and um, deserved the win. A um, couple of things came out of it. Again, back to the back to officiating. I think there are two sort of narratives this uh, this fall. We're seeing fantastic games of rugby, closely contested international um, test matches. That's great. We're also, unfortunately, seeing. Um, officiating errors and officiating controversies and also to a certain extent into that the TMO and the use of the TMO. So for instance on Saturday Scotland South Africa two items to discuss one was the captain Khaleesi on a reverse headbutt that the referee missed and the TMO declined to uh, said it was short of a red card which baffles belief when you actually watch it. Um, a little disappointed. I'm a big fan of Khaleesi's. Um, you could make an argument that Peter Horn was holding him down. That's still, that's a penalty. It's a yellow card. It's probably a red in my book. And it went unpunished. Um, the other one, probably the other way around, Willie LaRue, um, South African fullback, was penalized and given a yellow for an intentional knock-on. That one went to the TMO. You could also argue that one both ways, which probably Barry will in a minute. But I would like to say, if he didn't get a yellow for intentional knock-on, he should get a yellow for the moustache. I mean, it's a, a tonsorial <laughs> obscenity. I don't care whether it's November or not. Yeah. Willie Leroux, yellow for the moustache. One way or the other. Over to you, Barry. Yeah, um, yeah well, obviously, uh, South Africa will be, be relieved. Uh, that was a very good Scottish team that have had incredible home form uh, at Murrayfield. Uh, I think the last 10 test matches, just the one loss, Steve, to the All Blacks, was it? Yeah, but I think it's 9 back. out of 10 going into this test match at Murrayfield. So, you know, Rassi Rasmus uh, did not, you know, he knew that uh, the Springboks were going to be in for a really hard, hard battle. And that's how it turned out. Um, so he'll be very relieved because... Um, the box of kind of not they have a bit of a mixed season but it was very important to get the win here this week um, uh, just a couple of standout performances um, firstly Andre Pollard the fly half uh, for South Africa he really is standing up and, and, and starting to show world rugby what he's all about um, the man of the match performance there well deserved kicked beautifully scored a fantastic try um, and defensively he's, he's very very sound as well um, we were a little concerned about Ambrose Papir coming in. We didn't have Faf de Klerk available this week. Um, that was the young scrum half on, on his first run-on debut. Uh, and I thought he was excellent. Um, you know, he cleared beautifully and, and, and kept the tempo up for South Africa. Uh, was also involved in the try. Dwayne Fumelin, uh Thor, as he's known. Uh, and he really is a hammer. 
uh, at number eight. And uh, he, he is uh, just so important to the Springboks cause overall. You know, when he plays, the Springboks tend to win. Um, when he's not there, we, we, we just don't seem to be the same sort of team. So again, a huge performance from Dwayne Vermeulen. And I must finally mention uh, Peter Steph Dutoy, who again has just been outstanding back on the blindside flank this week. And um, yeah, those, those guys really carried it through for the Springboks. Um, and uh, that, was the, that was the end result, uh, courtesy of those guys' contributions, I think, particularly Pollard, um, closing out the game for South Africa. What do you think about a couple of South Africans playing for Scotland? I, I, I did chat to you beforehand about Hugh Jones. Um, you know, we, we know Hugh from Cape Town, from the University of Cape Town um, and uh, Western Province and the Stormers. And he is just a phenomenal centre. He really is just a phenomenal centre. And um, the, 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 the skills in that uh, first try of Scotland's was just amazing. Back, back to Jones, though. Um, so, fantastic performance by Jones of the weekend. He's been linked over the weekend with a move to Leicester, Leicester Tigers in the Premiership. Um, he's offered a pretty good contract by Glasgow, by all accounts, about £230,000, which is pretty significant. Buys you a lot of haggis in Glasgow. Um, but Leicester coming in with more money, and that, that's the way of the game. You know, the, the French clubs and English clubs will hoover up this talent. So, you know, the, the, the brain drain or the, the, the talent drain from uh, Scottish rugby will continue. Lost, lost Stuart Hogg last week, going to lose Hugh Jones, um, both of them at the end of the season. But um, so it's an interesting development. All right, fellas, we're running out of time on this first segment, so I just want to bang through some of the other results. Uh, Kia Slansing is not here right now. He's wearing black because Namibia did indeed lose to Spain. So that's why he's not with us today. And I just wanted to put that out there. Kiss, come off the ledge, man. It's okay. It's all right. Canada beating Germany. So that puts Canada in Rugby World Cup safe. They're pretty good, Steve, in getting into the World Cup now. Yeah, they had one game to go but, uh, against Hong Kong. And it would require a Hong Kong bonus try win with Canada getting nothing. Right. But so Canada looking a good place. But again, you know, before we talk about USA, what happened to Canada? They were they were on the front foot before the 2015 World Cup. They were, you know, knocking us off. They were right there. We were worried about them. They had the sevens feeding the 15s and then everything blew up and now they're fighting for their lives. Yeah, I mean they uh, they're but for the grace of God, you know, go everyone else. You know, they, they had some internal turmoil. They had turmoil at the leadership level. Um, they have big financial challenges, as do we. And, you know, sometimes it's about the cycle of players and a, a generation sort of um, phasing out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were strong four, three years ago. And, um, you know, they, 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 they pulled it in here and they've got to the World Cup. And that, that is critical and vital to Canadian rugby because the funding for countries like Canada and the U.S., comes from World Rugby and it comes based upon your men's 15s. Uh, before we break, let's talk about a little uh, match between a country that's on a tear in international test rugby, Team USA's Eagles spanking Romania 31-5. It looked like a, a rather tough ask uh, for, for Gary and the squad there. I, I saw your interview with, with Gary beforehand and he said uh, he made some interesting comments about Romania being a slightly hostile environment and not the most a receptive place to, 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 to play rugby. Uh, the, the stadium didn't look particularly good or the infrastructure. So that was a, that was a tricky fixture, you know, and uh, the Eagles got the job done and, and, and did it comfortably. So uh, we were a little unsure about Romania's form. 
Um, but any home team fired up like that can, can be very hard on the road, um, especially where there's a number of challenges for, for the players. But uh, by all accounts, they've got that job done comfortably and, and run away with it. So this is encouraging signs for US rugby now. Um, and, uh, you know, I threw it out there that perhaps we need to start looking at playoffs for the Six Nations with Italy and Georgia uh, in the next year or two, especially if they can keep this format. Bryce Campbell and Paul Lasique had a pretty, pretty darn good match. Lasique, I, 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 Bryce Campbell, I think, had the brace, the brace for Bryce, right? <laughs> Uh, good performances. Scully was back on the pitch. Uh, the black eye uh, and the swollen nose didn't matter. And uh, they took home hardware. Do you, know, do you know what that hardware is? That'd be the Persian Cup. Oh, he is good. He is good. I, I think we need to take a moment here to reflect, right? So USA Eagles beat Romania in Bucharest comfortably. Bucharest. That's fine. This is the highest ever ranking US Eagles have ever had in men's 15s, 13th, head of Italy now, head of Georgia, head of Samoa. This is a singular achievement, okay, and is a real credit to the coaching staff and the players. Um, so it should be acknowledged, and these guys are going well. Tough one this coming Saturday, and then they regroup next year, but um, things are in a much, much, much healthier place now. We've seen over the last 18 months significant improvement under the Mitchell era, and now the gold era. The Eagles are going well, congrats to them. Kudos, Eagles. Kudos, Gary and Co. Uh, on that note, we are going to take a quick break and come back with predictions after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back at The Pig & Whistle, our satellite studio, the best rugby pub on the planet. Stephen Lewis and Mr. Barry Herbert in Ireland. Team USA on a tear. Are USA on a tear? Yeah, they're on a tear. Nine, nine test match yeah. tear. Fair enough. Um, right, fantastic occasion for, for the USA Eagles to go there. Historic stadium, number two ranked opponents, but probably the form team in the world right now. So it's going to be a massive encounter. A real, uh, really enjoyable for all those guys connected with it and who get to uh, participate in that. However, however, um, on the field it's going to be tough going. Um, it's going to be a home win. You know, it's, it's to what level, how long can the Eagles hang with them? Um, I think we talked about it earlier, the fact we have the MLR now, people are in professional environments. I think the fitness levels don't fade the way they used to fade. 
So, you know, the, the old days of the Eagles lasting 40, 50 minutes and then and fading are, are gone. But I think there's just too much of a, a gap in talent. So, comfortable home win for Ireland. Look, it's going to be a huge occasion for the Eagles. Everybody's so fired up uh, in, in Dublin and in Ireland right now after that amazing performance. So, uh, you can expect a full house again at Aviva and the Irish will have their... Uh, they'll have their voices loud and, and, and proud as, as usual. So a big, big occasion and, uh, you know, the big stage for the Eagles now to really show how far they've come. Um, so what they'll be hoping is that there's a bit of an Irish hangover because uh, chances are they're still drinking in Dublin now, uh, celebrating that last one, including the players. So, um, you know, the Eagles will be hoping to catch a bit of a hangover performance from Ireland and really give them a hard time. Joe Schmidt will be wary of that. He will uh, have prepared accordingly or try and prepare the side accordingly. But, you know, after coming off such a high, um, there is always the chance that the Irish might come out a little flat on Saturday. And that could give the Eagles a first half opportunity to put some points on. So, um, no, I think Ireland will win. Um, but let's hope that the Eagles can push them uh, really hard and, and, and show everybody just how far USA rugby has come. Anyway, let's go forward for the gamblers out there. Who do you think, if you're going to bet the mortgage on next week, other than Ireland, USA. Yeah, so I mean, if you want a gambling banker, it's got to be New Zealand playing at Italy. So you would take, I think South Africa will edge it over Wales. I think England will beat Australia, but I'm hoping the opposite might happen. Um, and then I think Scotland over Argentina at home. I'm taking Scotland for that one. Oof, well, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be uh, putting too much money on any of these fixtures. They've all been so close. You know, as I said a couple of years ago, we would have had. Uh, some, some pretty clear winners here, but um, I, I, I'm really not too sure what, again this weekend, um, but I, I, will think, I will say that I think the Springboks are going to get up over Wales. Um, I think that they will, will put the performance in that they need to to finish off the season and to convince everybody fully that they are back. Um, it's going to be extremely tough. Rassi Erasmus has already come out and said that this, uh, this Wales fixture is the toughest that they can expect on tour. I was quite surprised by that, having already played England and Scotland for that matter. Um, so a, a really, really difficult game in prospect again, and it should be a cracker. But I think the Springboks will do it by under seven points against Wales this weekend. I think that England will beat Australia this weekend. Um, it, again, that, that's possibly your upset to Australia uh, bouncing back out of nowhere to beat England. So... If you're going to have a flutter and get a good price, you probably get a good price on, on, on Australia. Um, but uh, no, it, it, in all likelihood, I think England will, 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 will probably get up there. Uh, but let's see again, probably not the best thing to be betting. And we are basically out of time. Any final comments? Yeah, just amazing, amazing set of uh, international rugby we've been privileged to watch. Uh, Steve's also alluded and said that this has been some of the best rugby we've seen uh, on, in the autumn internationals. And uh, I'm just so excited about the state of world rugby right now. Uh, you know, there's so many teams competitive going into next year's World Cup and it's going to be it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm just, uh, well, actually, this Saturday, uh, you know, I'll be coaching sevens at the New York Sevens down in Randall's Island. Hopefully, it's a nice day, but um, it's going to be hard to watch any test match rugby. I'll be sneaking looks yeah. at the scores and what have you, but um, it's going to be, going to miss out on some of the action, unfortunately. Yeah, same here. I'm, I'm, uh, I might be in Dublin, actually, for Team USA versus uh, Ireland, and if not, I'll be with you at the 60th annual New York Rugby Club Sevens Tournament. Do not miss it, okay? And on that note... Uh, we are out of time. I want to thank Mr. Barry Herbert and Mr. Steve Lewis for slugging it through these technological asks that we have here. 
when we're on the road at our satellite studio. But on that note, for both of these gentlemen, Matt McCarthy at the Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub on West 36th Street in New York City for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off.